0: Thank you for listening to the weekly messages of New Providence Primitive Baptist Church. To subscribe to our podcast, hear other messages, or learn more about us, please visit nppbc.com. We desire your prayers tonight. I, the, the need among us, I could feel it in the prayer tonight as we was praying as, as a body, um, it's important that we recognize how powerful a resource, a tool that prayer really is. We, we take it for granted sometimes. And I think we're learning that as a church. We're getting better at that. And uh, I want to encourage your heart tonight with the Word of God and pray that we would uh, just take what we what we get from God tonight and allow that to push us forward as we learn to pray even even more. We're going to read from the New Testament and then I'm going to have you go back into First Kings chapter number 18. So two places we'll read tonight. If you'll open your Bibles. Luke chapter number 18, verse number 1. And he spake a parable unto them to this end that men ought always to pray and not to faint. Saying there was in a city a judge which feared not God and neither regarded men. There was a widow in that city, and she came unto him, saying, Avenge me of mine adversary. He would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, Though I fear not God, nor regard man, yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual continual coming she weary me. And The Lord said, Hear what the unjust, unjust judge saith. And shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry, Day and night unto him, though he bear long with them, I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth? Turn with us now to the Old Testament, First Kings, First Kings, chapter number eighteen. We're we'll begin at verse number forty-one. First Kings, chapter eighteen, verse number forty-one. And Elijah said unto Ahab, Get thee up, eat, and drink, for there is a sound of abundance of rain. So Ahab went up to eat and to drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel, and he cast himself down upon the earth and put his face between his knees, and said to his servant, Go up now, look toward the sea. And he went up and looked and said, There's nothing. And he said, Go again seven times. It came to pass at the seventh time that he said, Behold, there riseth a little cloud out of the sea like a man's hand. And he said, Go up and say unto Ahab, Prepare thy chariot, and get thee down, that the rain not stop thee not. And it came to pass in the meanwhile that the heavens was black with clouds and wind, and there was great rain. And Ahab rode and went to Jezreel, and the hand of the Lord was on Elijah. He girded up his loins and ran before Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. our with us, Father. Thank you for your word. We pray that you'd open this to us tonight, and may it be an effectual working, a changing in us, to remind us, God, of the importance of persevering in prayer, not giving up, but staying true to it and being faithful to it. We ask for your help here, for we recognize the need is great, and we also understand that the enemy doesn't want us to pray. And Lord, I pray that in this battle, in this constant conflict within us each and every one, that we would yield ourselves to prayer, that we would find the Holy Spirit's assistance and help each and every day in this. Help us now, we pray, as we ask it earnestly in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. When it comes to prayer, we have got to get this right. Uh, There's been too many things, and certainly if uh, you watch a lot of the the television religion, you're going to find all sorts of kinds of prayers and repeat this or say that or claim this. Uh, But I believe the Bible is fairly clear. It's more of an issue of will we do what God said to begin with. Uh, There needs to be prayer that is active in your life and in mine every day of the week. Now, if the only time that you pray is at church, uh, certainly we need to pray there, but I believe there's a need for us to pray more than that. Our, 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 Our needs from God are certainly greater than that. You would think there would be a compelling in our own soul that would drive us to a place that we would be humble before God, often that... Uh, is the first obstacle we have to overcome, is that the flesh don't want to. The flesh never has wanted to. It never will, by the way. The flesh doesn't want to be a part of the things of God. But I want you to know today that when we get to a place where prayer becomes the discipline of not only our heart, but of our lives, we'll see God start to do things, friend, that only God can do. I believe that prayer, friend, is of God. From the very beginning, God taught the men of old to pray, and there were altars that were erected, and men that would fall on their face before God, and they would cry out unto him as they sought him for the petition of their soul that hadn't changed, it's still that way but may I say today it's better now than it was then for today we have something that helps us we have someone that is with us the Holy Spirit of God to intervene and intercede for us as we pray the Lord Jesus Christ who intercedes at the right hand of the Father friend we've got help when we pray today so don't neglect the prayer of your own life we need to get this right we need to get this right I read in the Bible, in the book of James, he said in the fifth chapter that the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man (laughs) availeth much. Now, I won't ask for a show of hands, but uh, we certainly need some righteous men and women. You say, preacher, is that key to praying? I believe it is. I believe if you've got sin in your life, the only prayer you're capable of praying is God forgive me. That's right. There needs to be a working in your own soul A sanctification of the spirit of Christ in you To expose those things that are of you That need to be dealt with Underneath that prayer An earnest prayer A broken prayer That said God forgive me of my sin And purge me of all unrighteousness Now James would go on to say That if we would confess our sin That he was faithful and just To forgive us of our sin And to cleanse us of all unrighteous Now take note that what the person is doing is praying when they confess their sin when they receive the forgiveness of their sin it is a transaction that is taking place through the power of prayer and friend if you're not praying you're not right with God we need to pray men ought always to pray he said and faint not listen there are some obstacles to what it is we're trying to do now let me give credit where it's due I believe God's doing a great work among us. Uh, it doesn't, you don't have to, you don't have to be a novice when it comes to the Lord to recognize that He's working. And I believe today that He's working here because people are praying. People are praying not just here they're praying in their homes they're praying on Monday nights when they assemble the women and the men as well people have made a, a conscious effort to say you know what I'm going to do more for God as pertains to prayer listen I don't know about you but there's some people that I love dearly that if they don't get saved they're going to hell and that bothers me and it compels me every day when I hit my knees and cry out unto God there is a brokenness concerning the souls of them that need to be saved. Now, I believe everybody in here tonight would say uh, preacher, I've got somebody that I'd like to see get right. I've got somebody that's living in sin. I know somebody that's in trouble. Uh, The enemy has destroyed them. He's ensnared their lives. They're living in a world that is upside down. Their homes are in danger. Uh, Their children are in jeopardy. Friend, we need to pray today more than we've ever prayed before. We need to pray. Oh, there's obstacles to our prayers. I know that. Number one is your flesh. You know, you've got to get your flesh under subjection before you'll ever submit to prayer. But boy, when you make a conscious effort, there's somebody that'll help you. (laughs) I'm grateful to God. I don't claim to be anything special but I'll tell you right now it gets special when we get humble before God and we come seeking him you know what too many of our prayers are simply uh, thrown out there because of the things that we need in our lives how many of us would experience a greater prayer life if we went unto God in behalf of somebody else instead of always telling God what we need asking God for what we want I want you to know there's people out there that are in danger it is a peril day that we live in and brother they need prayer today they need prayer well the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much now, that's what the Word of God says, and i just believe God. Amen. I'm going to believe what the Word of God says. So how in the world are we ever going to get to the place we pray effectually and fervently? Well, number one, you're going to have to have faith. Mark chapter number 11 said, Therefore say I unto you what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. Now, I'm not a name it, claim it kind of person, but I'll tell you right now, that's in your Bible. You can pick it up and read it for yourself. It's in Mark chapter number 11, if you want to find out what kind of promises made uh, through the power of prayer, friend, it's written in there and God wants you to know about that. Listen, I want you to believe today with all your heart that when you pray something, you've got a God that can help you with it. Amen. Amen. When we pray, listen, if we pray praying for rain, we ought to take our umbrellas. That's right. Amen. We ought to just believe God. The Bible said he can do all things. With God, there's nothing impossible. And when it comes to prayer, I think we've shortchanged ourselves because we don't believe in this big God. We pray little prayers because we believe he's a little God. I want you to know today, he's the God that rolled back the waters, caused his people to cross over on dry ground. He can help you and he'll help me today. He's a God that can do anything. We need to have faith, but not also have faith. We need to make certain that our prayers are focused. We need to make certain that we're praying. I'm going to get to the message here in a minute. This, this part's free. But there's a, there's a part when it comes to prayer, friend, that we need to understand. Number one, you've got to have faith. But number two, you've got to pray right. The Bible said, James again said in, in chapter number four, he said, ye ask and receive not because you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your own lust. Now, I don't know about you, but that happens to all of us. We're not careful we ask God for things that we simply are going to consume with our own lust listen if God gives you bread and shelter and clothing well those things he promised to us those things that he is so gracious to give to the saved and the unsaved it rains on the just and the unjust he said friend God is good to anybody and to every he's a gracious God I'll tell you that but when it comes to prayer friend I believe there's a level of prayer that just excuses those other things we all just look to God for the things that aren't about our own flesh and not pray amiss. Amen. We receive not, he said, because you've prayed amiss. You've prayed in error. Because the very things you pray for is things you just want to consume upon your own life. That's not the point of prayer. Now, I'm grateful to God that every Christmas I get stuff I didn't ask for. Right? But I'm also glad that every day ain't Christmas. Do you understand what we're saying? It wouldn't be nothing to it if every day was like that. But God blesses us. And there are some things that we need to be praying for. Listen, we need to have faith and then we need to pray correctly. We don't need to pray amiss. But lastly, let me look at this. We don't need to quit. Luke chapter number 18, and I read this, and we will speak to it some more in a second, but he said he spake a parable unto them to this end that men ought always to pray and not to faint. First Thessalonians, Paul said two words, pray, or three words, pray without ceasing. Amen, we need to always be praying. So this is something we need to get right. Well, let's look at Elijah. The Bible tells us here some things about Elijah, I believe, that'll be helpful to our hearts tonight. The Bible said that uh, Elijah had prayed three and a half years earlier and God had instructed him to do this and he'd gone to Ahab and he said there ain't going to be a drop of rain lest I I say so. The Bible said three and a half years passed. He'd gone to Carmel. You remember the contest when uh, he and against the prophets of Baal, how they they prayed and they prayed and they prayed, but nobody heard them. (laughs) Uh, That's another good point. They prayed and prayed all day long, but nobody answered And uh, the contest was, whoever answers by fire, let him be God. And the Bible said when they got done, Elijah got up there. The Bible said he said a little prayer to God, spoke it out. And the scripture said that the fire came down out of heaven, consumed up the sacrifice. They killed the prophets of Baal. All that had just happened. And here we find uh, Elijah. He goes to Ahab and he said, hey, he said, "Uh, you need to get down from here. He said, for I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. Now, I thought they wasn't a cloud. They wasn't. I'm talking about Elijah's faith. Amen. So let's go back to what it takes to be an effectual, fervent, righteous person that can pray number one we have got to have faith you can't exclude that part if you ain't going to believe God friends you might as well not ask God because he don't answer if we don't believe now there's many a times when he was able to speak directly to the heart I remember the old man that brought his boy who was possessed with a devil and he said your disciples couldn't help me he said we tried they couldn't cast him out and the Bible said that he asked the Lord he said but I know that you can and the Bible said said that Jesus told him, he said, if you believe, he said, I can. He said, well, help my unbelief, amen. I'm glad that God is, is, is compassionate and patient with us when we'll be honest about our faith. But brother, you can't exclude faith. You have got to work on faith. The Bible said, the, the, the apostles said to the Lord, they said, Lord, increase our faith. They recognize the importance of having faith. And brother, we see Elijah's faith when he went to Ahab. Now, he hadn't even gone up to the mountain yet to pray. He hadn't even sent his little servant out there to look for a cloud. There wasn't, the skies were as clear as they could be. There wasn't a drop of rain. It wasn't misting. There wasn't anything happening yet. And oh, Elijah tells Ahab, he said, you better get down off this mountain. It's fixing to rain. Now that's the faith. I wonder how many of us today approach God with that kind of faith. Amen. I think too many of us are are disturbed that maybe God's will is different than ours or maybe God won't see it the way we do or maybe God's got a different answer or maybe God will say no instead of yes and we worry ourselves about all of those different things. Listen, God will do right. I can assure you of that. He won't ever orchestrate anything in your life that is not perfect and right for you and if you'll just obey God and trust him, friend, and believe him, friend, you'll turn loose the power of God in your own life to be able to see the miracles of God just like the prophet. He said, Ahab, you better get out of here. He said, for they fixing coming come a big rain. Now I wonder what Ahab thought when he looked around. There wasn't a cloud in the sky. He said, man, it's crazy. He don't have any idea what he's talking about. But he did, didn't he? He did. The Bible said, the Bible said Oh, what old Elijah did next. After he had already declared his faith in front of Ahab, the Bible said he went back up to Carmel. You say, preacher, is, is there something about that? Oh, I think so. I've thought about it, dwelt on this for days. I've thought about this, Brother Greg. There's there's some places in my life, and I, I don't want to pin this on just a place, but there's some places in my life where I've won a few victories. Amen. I I remember, there's memories, you've got them too. I can drive by the the Lanier Elementary School and I drive by that old football field and every time I look over there, I remember touchdowns I scored on that field. You know why? Because they were victories in my life. They were little things that are pinned in my brain and in my heart. But let me tell you about the spiritual. (laughs) There are some places, amen, that I have in my life, amen, that I know are places of victory. Hey, The the Bible said when I Elijah stood on Carmel. He saw the power of God come down and he saw the power of God and he saw the will of God and brother he saw the work of God and brother it was a place of victory for Elijah and we find here that old Elijah said I believe I'll just go back there. I believe I'm just going to go back to that place. I haven't been there. I haven't prayed a prayer. I've done saw God work. I'm going to pray from Mount Carmel. I don't know where your Mount Carmel is but you need to find it." You need to figure that out. That's a problem that a lot of people have. They've not designated them the place to pray. Amen. And if you ain't made a commitment to prayer, and if you ain't got a place, and a lot of us, if we ain't got a time, if they ain't if they ain't a space that we've carved out for God, we won't do it. Because we'll get wrapped up in everything else going on in this world. We'll get wrapped up in our jobs we'll get wrapped up in our families, get wrapped up in our work and everything else is going on before you know your eyes can't even hold open and you're thinking to yourself I ain't prayed today and you'll go off to sleep friend having not even said a word to God while our people are dying and going to hell while there are problems around us that only God can help with and yet we pay no attention to the purpose and the point of prayer in our lives. Listen, we've got to believe faith is necessary but I'll tell you what else we need to do. We need need to get about being fervent in that prayer and make a commitment to God to pray. Well, you say, that's good enough, preacher. I'm going to check that box. I'll do that tomorrow. Thank you. Let me tell you something. There's more to it than that. Listen, we need to be convicted over this thing. I believe the Holy Ghost of God wants to help us tonight. <laughs> He's sure been helping us, ain't he? He's sure been working among us. And you say, why? Because people are praying. But I just want you to be encouraged tonight. Don't quit praying. You keep on praying. You keep committing to pray. And if you ain't got it right, keep trying to get it right. Because God will answer our prayers. Amen. He'll answer our prayers. Elijah went up on Carmel. And the Bible said, look at his." We've seen his faith. Look at his fervency. Look at his fervency. And I noted this when I read that in Elijah. I mean, uh, verse number forty-two. It said, "So Ahab went up to eat and to drink, and Elijah went to top of Carmel and he cast himself down upon the earth, put his face between his knees." Now it doesn't say specifically that he prayed. What do you think he's doing? Well, according to the Book of James, James said he was praying. Right, so there's, there's how we know for certain that he was praying. But I want you to note how he prayed. The Bible said he cast himself down upon the earth. I don't know how you pray. Now, now you can pray all day long, right? And I think that's part of what praying without ceasing is about, is a constant fellowship and communication between you and God that is open and it's continual. And yet there are times when we need to find that place, that carmel, and we need to get out on our knees. We need to cast ourselves. The Bible said to humble yourself before the mighty hand of God. He'll help you, friend. If you'll draw nigh to God, He'll draw nigh to you. Listen, there's a God up there, and His ear ain't too dull of hearing that He can't hear you. His hand ain't too short that He can't still reach down and help you. Friend, prayer is the key to what we have to do. Amen. Our faith and our fervency. We see the fervency of Elijah as He cast Himself down upon the earth. That is, that, that is simply an humbling of oneself. You say, preacher, my flesh is awful. My pride is terrible. The worst thing I have is trying to get humble enough and broken enough that I might engage God in prayer. Let me tell you something. I can give you a practice, that, certainly one that I I go through often, but I try my best when I pray to start with praising God. And I try to think of everything I possibly can about the Lamb of God. And I'll tell you right now, he's big. And the more you think about him, you think about his mercy and his grace... His long suffering and his patience his love and his kindness his provision and his protection and the list goes on and on and if you'll just dwell on that for a minute give yourself about two or three whole minutes just to think of how good that he is and suddenly that cross begins to get more clear and you see the blood that was on there and you see what he did for your rotten soul and you begin to recognize that the king of glory came down and became man that he might be the sacrifice for my sin and suddenly the Holy Ghost of God is already showing up because you're doing what everybody needs to do and that's to lift up Jesus in your heart. Amen. When you do that, friend, it ain't long before he gets big and you get small, and that's the point. When you get small, then you're able to repent. You're able to pray. You're able to be broken and contrite before God and meet the conditions of prayer that will make it effectual. But it's a work. As a matter of fact, I'll just say it like this. It's a process that I can't do with no one else. I have to be alone. If you was to come in here and sit and watch me, or as a matter of fact, if I was to watch you in your prayer closet, we might think that person lost their mind. You gotta be alone to do this. I appreciate the corporate prayer. I do. And I've told God as much. I thank you, every one of you that are willing to get up out of your seats and if you're able and you make your way and we all join together and we do our best to try to adhere to what Matthew 18 said where two or three of us would agree on any one thing that he'd do it. Amen. There's a need for corporate prayer and I believe God honors it. I believe he hears it. But listen, if you ain't praying in your private life, there's something missing that you are missing a spiritual component to this puzzle that will eliminate the opportunity and the ability for you ever to put this thing together. Listen, we have got to get this right. And I need more. He needs more. I believe God wants more people that will engage in the purpose and point of prayer and let him work what only he can. He went to Carmel, the place of victory. The Bible said he cast himself down to the earth. Listen, if we cast ourselves down before God, I'm talking about get broken and humble before God, He's fixing to hear you. He cast himself down. The Bible said He put His face between His knees. <laughs> uh, there was a fervency to Elijah's prayer. Listen, don't, don't excuse yourself from the need for a fervency. I understand that there are times when, when uh, it doesn't seem like heaven is opened for you. Uh, amen. Anybody ever pray and it just did not feel like nobody's listening? It just didn't seem like he was connecting, that it wasn't there. Well, There's been many a time I've had to, had to work through that, had to stay with it. Don't give up. Don't give up. Listen, i done said it. Your flesh don't want to pray. Amen. Your, your, your flesh don't want to have nothing to do with the spirit things. But if you'll lay with it and you'll, you'll press into it. I heard, I heard the preacher this week, bless my heart. When he was talking about those times in his life When he, he just didn't seem like he could get through He just started quoting the Bible He'd just, he'd just try to remember every verse of scripture he could. And the more, and and as he'd begin to quote these and remember, he said it wouldn't be long that suddenly the Holy Ghost was there. And suddenly there was an opening made before him and God. And suddenly he was connecting in prayer again. You say, preacher, is it that important? I'm telling you, friend, the only hope we've got is that Jesus helps us. That he intervenes in the lives of our people. If he don't, they're going to go to hell. We need help today. And we have this wondrous privilege. (laughs) We have this wondrous privilege. I read it in Matthew Henry this week, a commentary on prayer. I read this. He said, we have the wondrous privilege to pray. We have the wondrous privilege to pray. We have a God who says we may pray. And he said, it's a sin if we don't pray. Listen, prayer is important. If you're a child of God today and prayer is not a primary part of your life, I'd suggest to you today, you need to research whether or not you're on the right track. Because I'll tell you, you're not getting much done if you ain't praying. Amen. If you're just going through this life expecting everything, Amen, just to drop in your lap, that ain't the way the Lord set it up. What he said to them was that men ought always to pray. Now that was his words. We've got a responsibility to pray. Done my heart good this morning. Them them little girls on the altar pouring their heart out to God. Everybody gathered around them to pray. That's an important part of this daily walk with Christ and what it means to be within the body of a fellowship. Thank God for the power of prayer. Now, I could ask you this evening, how many of you tonight have prayed a prayer and God answered it? Right? He's, he's answered. <laughs> Oh glory, he has answered so many prayers for me. But I tell you, Craig, it's it ain't a, it ain't a duty. Glory to God, it's a privilege. I tell you, it's the best part of my day. I thank God for the opportunity He's given me to be able to meet Him. Have a morning. <laughs> to be able to come into the house of God and just to sit and, and call upon Him and commune with Him and fellowship. I believe that's, that intimacy between you and God is what He's looking for. Let me remind you, friend, He created you to serve Him. That's right. The very thing that He made you and me for was to serve Him. And I believe prayer is a component of that. Well... Turn with us now to the 18th chapter. Well, let me finish with Elijah. Some of you would be upset if I didn't finish that. Elijah's faith and Elijah's fervency. But I want you to look at Elijah's finish. You'll notice him that that when Elijah, he put his face between his knees and cast himself down. and He told his servant, he said, now you, they was on Carmel and and the servant, he had to run out toward the end of the ridge so he could look out over the sea. And that's what Elijah had instructed him to do. Because what Elijah believed was that the, the promise of God would come up from the, from the water, right? And that's, that's where our rain comes from, right? Everybody knows how rain comes around. So he told his servant, he said, you go out there and he said, you look. I'm going to pray. Um, you know what, I, I, part of this I noted now I've made a lot to do about private prayer, but let me tell you something: it don't hurt to have a friend. I can't do your praying for you, but I'd sure like to help you if all I can do is run out to the end and look for you. See, we can help one another. In Elijah, he said, you go out there and look. he said, You come back and tell me he'd come back that first time. He said, There is nothing. Ain't nothing like good insurance out there. He'd come back and said, nope. You ain't doing no good. He said, You go back again. He said, as a matter of fact, you keep going seven times. I believe the, I believe the servant he'd run out there and he'd look and said, No. And he'd come running back and and, and he'd get to Elijah, and he said, "Well, he said, go again." He'd run back out there, and he'd look again. He got all the way to the seventh time. The Bible said he seen something that time. He seen something wasn't much. He said it's a. He come running back to Elijah, and he said, "Hey, he said I, uh, there's a cloud. At least there's something that wasn't there before. There's a cloud." He said, "It's back like a man's hand. It ain't no bigger than a man's hand." He said, "But at least there's a cloud." No, Elijah said, you better get out from here. He said, go tell Ahab to get his stuff and get off here before he gets stuck. He said, because it's fixing the rain. That's the kind of prayer I want to be able to pray. You say, what was the key to Elijah's prayer? Well, he had faith. We saw that. He had the fervency, right? He cast himself down before God. He got... He, he met the conditions of broken contrition. But that third component is the one that we miss out on. And that's the heart of the message tonight, is that we cannot quit praying. We have to pray until something happens. I saw it on a billboard on a sign outside of a church. It, had, it said, push. Pray until something happens. Listen, you might be meeting the faith part. You might be meeting the fervency part. But what you may be failing at is the finishing part. You may be quitting too soon. You may be giving up on God. You may be stopping on time number four or five or six when just around the corner is the answer to your prayer. Listen, the message tonight is about praying until something happens, staying with it. So turn with us to the book of Luke 18 and we'll close here. I want to share with you something that Jesus specifically shared with his disciples. Now, I love it when, when you find in the word of God, especially when it's a parable, when Jesus goes ahead and tells them what the parable is about. You don't find that in every parable, right? There were times he'd give a parable and they'd go off in private and The disciples would ask him, what in the world was that about? And he'd have to explain it to them, not here. In this one, he tells them at the front what the parable is about. You need to take note of that as well as me. The Bible said, and he spake a parable unto them to this end, right? That means he was telling them why he was giving them the parable. That men ought to always pray and not to faint. Pray until something happens. Pray until something happens. I want you to think about this and we'll close tonight. When it comes to prayer, what Jesus was saying to them as he gave them a parable, he was giving them something that was a comparison, but but what he was doing was contrasting the difference between the earthly and the spiritual. Let's see if we can figure that out here. The Bible said he told a story about an earthly judge who neither feared God, nor did he regard men. So number one, what we know about the earthly judge is that he didn't love God, nor did he love his neighbor. He didn't love man. And there ain't any more wicked kind of judge on the earth than one that don't love God and don't love the people, right? That's a, that's a dangerous thing Solomon tells us when judgment falls into the hands of the wicked. But this man was a wicked judge. He feared not God and he didn't love man. He was a wicked judge. I'd like to contrast that to your father. Right? Do you remember the story? The unjust judge was unwilling to hear the widow's petition. Every day she came to him. And every day, multiple times, she would say unto him, Avenge me of mine adversary. I need you to help me. And every day he paid no attention to her. He wouldn't help her. He wouldn't hear her. He wouldn't do anything. Every day he turned her away. But then finally, finally... He said to himself, though I care nothing for God and I don't even care about this woman, she's wearing me out. I'm sick of hearing her. I'm tired of putting up with her constant praying and asking and seeking for me to do something in her behalf. And the Bible said that the judge ruled in her favor and answered her problem. Not because he feared God, not because he loved the woman, but because he was tired of hearing her ask. Now, you say, why in the world would Jesus give that, that... that just says to me maybe that Jesus don't want he he don't want me to be praying like that or praying so that I become a nuisance to him. No. The reason he gave it was so that he could contrast the difference between the two. Number one, the unjust judge. That's our father, our heavenly father. And look at him, friend. He's not one, amen, that is unjust. He's not one, friend, like that was explained here as the earthly judge. He regards man. He loves man. He gave his only begotten son for man, and he loves us, friend. He ain't like the unjust judge. He's holy, and he's perfect, and he's righteous. He's the absolute opposite of this man. That's who I pray to I'm not praying to an unjust judge. I'm not praying to somebody that doesn't fear God nor love me. I'm praying to somebody who has absolutely proven his love to me in every possible way. I am praying to one who sits on the throne of all power and can do anything he wants to do. I'm praying to one who has committed, commended his love toward me and that while I was yet a sinner, he sent his only begotten son to die for me. That's who I'm praying to. I don't know about you, but sometimes we just need to remind ourselves of who we're praying to. We're not praying to some alien, something foreign or something that doesn't know me. No, I'm praying to one who loves me. I'm praying to one who cares for me. Let me tell you something more. When it comes to the woman, uh, let me contrast here between the woman and the judge. Number one, she was of no relation to him. Let me compare my situation. I am his child. (laughs) Amen. He knows me. I am his and he is mine. And when it comes to prayer, it is not like the unjust judge and the widow who were of no relation to one another, who didn't know one another, who didn't care for one another. My God loves me today and I love him. I'm a child of this king. That's a big difference. That's a big difference. The woman was of no relation, but we are. You see how different our situation is? Right? We get all tore up and worried about why this and, and when for that. And is God good? Glor- Let me tell you something. If we'll just stick to it, keep praying, you have a heavenly Father that knows just exactly what you need. He knows when you need it. He knows what to do. He knows how to do it. He won't be late. He will be perfect in what he does for you. Everything that you need, your Father in heaven, will see to that's his promise. He gave them this parable of this unjust judge and this widow to create the, the, the incredible contrast of how different what that was. And he said, even though the, he was an unjust judge, they didn't know one another, they weren't family, he still answered her prayer. So he said, how much more then will you be answered because he is not unjust. And he loves you. And there is a relationship between you and him. You're his child. Right? Reminds remind you of the scripture in the book of Matthew where he said, if, his, if a son asked of his father bread, he said, would he give him a serpent? And Jesus said, no, he don't give him a serpent. He gives him bread. You get the picture. Jesus said this parable so that he could create the contrast, the difference. Listen, he said, if that poor woman got what she needed just by crying day and night, he said, how much better are you going to be? Because you've got a God that loves you. Not only am I in relation to this God, not only is he my father and I'm his son, but this poor widow was alone. I'm alone. There people praying for me every day. That poor gal, she's all on her own. I mean, she has not a beat on his door all the time. Guess what? i got all kinds of people knocking on it for me. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. What a privilege. How different can that be to know that, that I ain't in this alone? Hey, man, I might feel like sometimes I'm praying, God, and you're the only one to know. But here's what I know. We're in this together. We're in this together. Come get a soul. There couldn't be an analogy in any more contrast that he could have given than what he gave in that picture. (coughs) My father today is, is in every way most loving and perfect and right and holy. And because we're his children, He has done for us and and over and over and over, he's already proven his love for us. How much more he said, will your father not hear your prayer and answer it? I believe it was Matthew chapter number seven we was reading this morning where he said, ask and you shall receive. Now your father said that to you. Now he told you to ask. But he also told you he would give it to you. He told you to knock and that he would open the door. He told you to seek and that you would find all that you can. It's in your Bible. (laughs) Is that right? Is everybody with me? That is in your Bible. Open it and read it and believe it. These are the things that your Father has promised. And when it comes to prayer, we need to engage and not faint. This old woman, she didn't give up. I, I, I'm, I'm sure he hollered out the window and said, Go home. I don't want to hear this. Or the door slam or the window slam and, and she's still down there crying. He said, How much more does your father who hears the cries of his children day and night how much more shall he avenge them and avenge them speedily? He'll not fail. Push. Pray until something happens. You say, preacher, I've been praying for two years and it ain't happened yet. Keep praying. That's the point. That's the point of it. That's the re- Elijah had to stay on his knees until something happened. And he stuck with it. He didn't give up. He didn't quit. Just because you've not seen your prayer answered today has nothing to do with whether or not God will or won't or how. No. The point of, the point of this is that we recognize that part of prayer is the perseverance, sticking to it, praying until something happens. If it ain't happened yet, keep praying. Keep praying. We've got a Father that hears us. We know we know He does. We know it's His will to do those good things in our life. And if we're not praying amiss, right? If we're not asking for the selfish things that that coddle our own flesh. Friend, I believe God will answer our prayer. But we've got to stay at it. Right? Some of you have given up already. Some of you have given up too soon you haven't seen God do anything or you can't see what God is doing and you think that God's not doing anything just because you can't see it. That's not to God we serve. That's not to God we serve. I don't know how many times in my life, Alfred, that somebody said, hey, I talked to so-and-so the other day and boy, are they in trouble and I'm thinking, wow. Wow. Here, I've been praying all this time and I thought God wasn't doing anything. All right, we're going to sing. This is good for the body. I want to encourage your heart today because we are making progress in prayer. It's working. But we cannot quit So you that have made a commitment to pray, pray on, pray on, pray on. Do not stop praying. Does Jesus really care? It was His Word. And the reason He gave them the parable was for this reason. He told them the reason that men ought always to pray and not faint. we got to keep this up. We really do. I mean, for the men, we're we're meeting every other Monday night. I I believe we ought to get on the women's schedule myself. We need to pray. We don't need to quit. God is proving Himself. He is proving Himself. He is visiting us in such mighty ways. Uh, We was talking the other night... He's been turning us upside down in this church for, since January. Since January's revival. He, he's, he's been working on our hearts and He's helping us. But listen, we can't, we can't quit. So I want to encourage you tonight. to Let's take a, let's take a step closer. Let's, let's do more if we can. If you ain't got private prayer slotted in your life, if it ain't something that is important to you, Please work that out with God. Figure out where you need figure out where you can and what you can do. Get honest with God and ask him for help. And I believe he'll help you. He'll help you carve out that time that you can devote to God. Listen, you're gonna stand before God one day and, and I don't know about you, but I'm probably not gonna hand him my time card and said I was able to work forty hours every week. He's probably going to ask me, why didn't you pray? Why didn't you commit yourself to the people of God? Well, I'm too tired. You just think you are. You wait till God gets done with you. You won't be tired. You better not use that as an excuse. He'll show you what tired is. He'll lay you up in the hospital bed We you ain't able to lift up your little finger. If that's all you need is God to get your attention, He can. He can. i tell you what you better do. You better sell out to God. And I don't care what the cost is. You better pay it. Because we got people on their way to hell. And when we stand before God... He's gonna ask us why we shortcut. Why we didn't read, why we didn't pray, why we didn't attend church, why we didn't attend, why we didn't attend prayer meetings outside of church. God's business is souls of men, friend. It ain't patting you on the back. <laughs> So you feel like you're happy and satisfied every day. Maybe He needs to send some bricks our way. Wake us up. To help us make a commitment for Christ. Let me tell you something. If you ever step out for Christ, it may cost you, but it'll be the best thing you ever did. Best thing you ever did. Pray until something happens. Don't give up. Let's stay in this. I appreciate what you're doing. We're going to stand and sing. If you're here tonight and you want to pray, Let's do that. Let's get our heart honest with God tonight. Let's make a commitment to God. You need help with it? God can help you. He can help you. Would you join us in prayer tonight?